Welcome back to Yesterday Today, bringing you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm Jake Westbrook. This here is McLean Westbrook, and today we've got a bit of a Father's Day special for you guys. That's right. In honor of this this most paternal of all holidays, it occurs to me that uh, every week is a a special episode. Well, like one of those uh, TV shows in the '90s, you know, with the with the very special episode. Except that's that's just every episode. This is a very special show, just in general, I think. I like to tell myself, at least. We should have episodes about, like, uh, Burton and social issues and give our uh, deep, touching commentary on them. That would be a very special episode. Maybe not. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe maybe we'll just stick with what we're doing for now. We've recently returned from our uh, long, arduous journey that we need not delve into now, but as a result of this journey, we now have a new producer. Our old landlord, he's the producer now, so that's that's nice. Yeah, we've got that going for us, you know. I was I was delighted to come back to the studio here, uh, here in the beautiful city of Pocatello, Idaho, and see it not having been uh, been torn down or or destroyed while uh, while we left Sydney in charge of it for a couple of weeks. Speak of the devil, there's his wonderful shining face in the doorway. Now, holy cow, what is that? Hello, fellas. I heard you guys mention Father's Day, and I'd like to introduce you to my son, Reggie. What in the world, Sydney? That that thing looks diseased. Sydney, your your son Reggie looks a lot like a raccoon on a leash. Oh, that's because he is. You see, when you guys were gone, I found him in the garbage cans out back, and he he looked like he needed a home. And besides, somebody's got to carry on the Snorthoff legacy after I'm gone, so uh, I adopted him. Sydney. So the raccoon is y- your your son. He has a name, Reggie. Reginald that he prefer, but, you know, I like to think of us as practically family, so you can call him Reggie. I'm not going to do that. I don't think we're going to do that, Sydney. We've barely gotten to the point where we can tolerate your presence. I don't think Reggie is going to... Has Reggie had his shots? That's my question. I think he's disease-free, and he looks fine, and he's got good teeth. Sydney, as a janitor, do you find keeping a raccoon as a pet to be sort of contradictory to the, your goal of keeping the station clean? <laughs> Whoa there, buddy. That's a little anti-raccoon bigotry you got going there. You you just assume because raccoons paw through garbage that they're somehow unsanitary? I'd like you to apologize to Reggie right now. Sydney, I don't... Sydney, it's... I... I'm... I'm sorry, Reggie. Come on, Reggie. Good boy, good boy. Alrighty. What did he do? If you need us, my son and I will be having a rousing game of catch in the backyard. Do we have a backyard here, by the way? I think there's an empty lot next to us. Yeah, so it shall be, so it shall be. Alright, sonny boy, time for you and me to do a little bonding time. <laughs> the man's cracked. The man's lost his mind. In our time together, Sydney has triggered many emotions uh, in me. Right now, I'm feeling an overwhelming sense of pity and sorrow. Well, while we work through those emotions, uh, we can listen to some radio. First up, I have a clip of the Bob Hope Show. And after that, an episode of The Life of Riley. Both of these have a uh, Father's Day theme to them. You play that, Jake. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to set up a dating profile for Sydney. We He needs... He needs something. Father's Day, ladies and gentlemen. That's the day when Pop looks over his presents and finds out how much his family loves him. 
Then the first of the month comes around, he finds out again, right to the penny. <laughs> Father's Day is a big mystery to my family. I've been in radio and television so long, my kids don't call me dad. They think of me as their sponsor. But I've been traveling so much, it makes it tough for my kids to give me a Father's Day present. They just send the gifts to United Airlines with a note that reads, the next time Daddy lands, hand him this. <laughs> this morning, my son Tony asked me why we observe Father's Day. I said, don't you know who brings home the bacon around here? He said, no, Pop, but we sure know who lays the eggs. <laughs> Dolores usually spends a dollar for my present, so this year I hinted at a velvet smoking jacket. She said, don't be silly, you don't smoke velvet. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about living in California, you know, if someone does give you a velvet smoking jacket, you can have velvet pants made to go with it and wear it as a suit. That is, if you don't object to people saying, how are you today, Mr. Crosby? Crosby's kids always remember Father's Day. Last year, they gave Bing the Bank of America. <laughs> they didn't know he'd already owned it. <laughs> yes, sir, the word father brings back a lot of memories to me, and there were times when I couldn't sit on those memories. <laughs> yeah. Father taught me that if you do something wrong, life can be painful. At the same time, I learned that the woodshed can be drafty. <laughs> Once when my dad was teaching me a lesson out in the woodshed, the hairbrush slipped and hit me in the nose. The rest is history. <laughs> and again this year, all over America, fathers will get more ties than any other gift. Isn't that something? Dad works hard all year, and on Father's Day, he still gets it in the neck. Of course, I have four kids and do pretty well myself. On Father's Day, my kids reach into their piggy banks and give me back all the IOUs I put in since last Father's Day. <laughs> and Dolores never forgets me on Father's Day either. Last year, she gave me a check. All I had to do was sign it. <laughs> but I do get gifts from my kids. A few years ago, they gave me a book, How to Play Winning Golf. The next year, they gave me a book, How to Improve Your Golf. Last year, they gave me a book, Don't Let Bad Golf Discourage You. <laughs> And I just found out what they're giving me this year. It's called How to Cheat at Scrabble. Well, Father's Day will be here any minute. The day on which Chester A. Riley, like millions of other fathers, finally comes into his own. At the moment, neither Riley nor his wife are at home, and his children, Babs and Junior, are cooking up a surprise that dear Daddy will never forget. Hello? 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 Mendoza's clothing shop. Oh, Mr. Mendoza, this is Babs Riley. Yes? My brother and I have decided to buy that blue serge suit we picked out for my father. All right. Send your papa in and I'll alter the suit to fit him. Oh, no, we can't do that. It's a surprise for Father's Day. Uh, couldn't you alter it without him? Well, uh, has he got another suit? <laughs> oh, yes. All right, bring that suit over and I'll get his measurements from that. Oh, thanks, Mr. Mendoza. I'll be right over. Well, what'd the tailor say? We'll take him one of Dad's suits so he can get the exact measurements for the alteration. Oh, that's a great gag. Come on, his old blue suit's here in the hall closet. Oh, here it is on this hanger. I'll run it down to the tailor and get back before Daddy gets home. Oh, boy, won't Poppy knocked over when we hand him a new suit? Oh, yeah, especially when he finds out we saved up for it out of our allowance. He'll be just crazy about it. Yeah, maybe he'll be crazy enough to raise our allowance.
Dumplin'. The Lord Monster is home. Hello, dear. Riley. All right, what's the matter? Look at you. Riley, you were in a fight. Yeah, yeah, with that bus driver again. He passed my stop and then he refused to back up four blocks to let me off. Oh, well. Hang your coat up in the hall closet. I'll fix it later. Okay. I can't give you anything but love. Hey, that's funny. Uh, Peg. Peg, did, did you see my blue suit? It's hanging in the hall closet. No, 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 it ain't. There's only the pants here. The coat and vest are gone. Well, they must be someplace. Look in the other closets. Why are my clothes always being shoved around? We got a house with five closets. There's at least a hundred hangers in them. And I haven't even got a nail I can call my own. <laughs> no wonder married men leave home. Now, Riley, I don't like that kind of talk. Oh, Dumplin', I'm only kidding. <laughs> Why, if I ever left home, I'd take you and the kids with me. <laughs> I'm going to look for that coat and vest. I got an important business meeting at my lodge tonight, and I love to wear that suit when I shoot pool. Well, here's my father's suit, Mr. Mendoza. Fine. Give it, uh, where's the pants? Well, they're in the hanger. Oh, all you've got here is the coat and vest. Oh, gosh. The pants must have been on a separate hanger. Yes. Well, I'll measure the coat and vest right now, and you can take them home and uh, bring me the pants. Uh, all right. Yeah, write down what I say. Okay. Sleeves, 32 and a half. Shoulders. Hey, Babs, Pop's home. Get out of that closet. But I forgot Daddy's pants. Gee, didn't the tailor get the measurements yet? Only the coat and vest. I put them back. Now I have to bring these pants over to him. Now this fact, so let's face it. Here comes Pop. Let's beat it. Come on. Come on, Ed. Don't slam the door. I looked high, low, and medium, and I tell you, the coat and vest is gone. Oh, that's ridiculous. Where could they go to? I don't know, but that was a high-class suit, and I'm sure the coat and vest didn't walk out of the house without the pants. <laughs> then where are they? I know. I should have thought of it before. A burglar. A burglar? Yeah. Well, then why didn't he take the pants? Maybe he's got pants. <laughs> it must have been a burglar. I'm phoning the police. Now, wait, Roddy, you can't be sure. Of course I'm sure. This ain't just guesswork. This is real circumstantial evidence. Police headquarters. Hello, police. This is Chester A. Riley, 1313 Blueview Terrace. I've been robbed. Who did it? Well, now, that's a coincidence. I was... <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. Uh, any clothes, Mr. Riley? Plenty. Look for a burglar with a coat and vest and no pants. The crook took a coat and vest, but he left his pants. I, I, I mean my pants. It's a blue suit. All I got left is my pants. Uh, all right, we'll look into it. Uh, thanks, officer. What did the police say? They're going to look into my pants. <laughs> Riley, I, I'm sure that coat and vest are around here someplace. Peg, be reasonable. We looked everywhere, didn't we? Yes, are you sure they're not in the hall closet? Now, listen, Peg, I know what a coat and vest looks like, and when I say they ain't there, they ain't there. Here, see for yourself. I wish you'd believe me when I... Well, for heaven's sake, there's your coat and vest right in front of your eyes. I told you you made a mistake. Riley, well, what's the matter? You found your coat and vest. I know, but now the pants is missing. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm phoning the police again. I love them pants. 
Them pants was always close to my heart. Hello, police headquarters. Hello, police. Listen, this is Riley. Riley? Yeah, remember I phoned you to pick up a burglar with a coat and vest but no pants? Yeah, what now? Well, drop my coat and vest and pick up my pants. Hey, Babs, the funniest thing happened. Remember you wrote down the measurements of the coat and vest? Yes, on a blotter. Well, my little boy was doing his homework here, and he spilled ink all over the blotter. What? Yeah, now I can't read the measurements. Oh. oh, wait a minute. Maybe I can remember them. Oh, good. Well? Um, I think the sleeve length was, uh, 59 inches. 59? Well, doesn't that sound right? Oh, no, no. With arms that long, your papa wouldn't need a suit. He'd, uh, he'd have a coat of natural fur. Well, I'd better phone my brother and he'll bring the coat and vest over. Well, couldn't you just uh, bring your father over here? And spoil a surprise? Oh, it's much more fun for Daddy this way. Hello, Junior. Listen. Something is fishy here. Now, let me see. First, I come home from work. I go over to the hall closet here. Then I open the door and I... Now the whole suit is missing. That burglar must have been hiding here all the time. I don't mind a guy stealing, but let him steal out in the open like an honest man. Police headquarters. Listen, this is Riley. Remember I told you to look for a burglar with a coat and vest but no pants? Yes, but... And then I told you to look for a burglar with pants but no coat and vest? That's right. Well, never mind looking for a burglar with pants but no coat and vest. And don't look for a burglar with a coat and vest but no pants. Just look for a burglar with a coat, vest, and pants. Are you... Are you following me, officer? No, but I think maybe we should. Babs. Babs, here's Pop's pants. I ran all the way. Oh, that's fine, Junior. But we gotta get the whole suit back right away. I just remember that it's Pop's lodge meeting night, and he always wears this suit. Oh, jeepers. The tailor just went out on a delivery. He can't take the measurements till he gets back. We can't wait. We'll get the measurements some other way. Come on, we gotta get this suit back in the closet. <laughs> How's my little neighbor? Oh, my aching back. <laughs> Your wife again, Waldo? Yes, Mr. Riley. My dear spouse is planning her vacation, and she asked me where I thought she should go. So I told her. <laughs> Waldo, you didn't. Yes, I did. I suggested that she go to the Thousand Islands and spend a month on each island. Oh, boy, I bet she was mad. Oh, you should have heard her yell. But one of these fine days, I'll shut that big mouth of hers. How? I'll put alum in her lipstick. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got troubles, too, Waldo. Still no sign of the missing suit? Well, how did you know about that, Waldo? Well, oh, I just happened to be passing your keyhole, and I heard you talking to the police. Oh, then you know all about it, huh? Oh, yes. First you saw the pants, but the coat and the vest were missing. 
Then you saw the coat and the vest, but the pants are missing. Now the whole suit's missing. Yeah, that's right, Barbara. What do you think I should do? Take a nice, long sea voyage. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. It's the truth. Believe me, Mr. Riley, this whole thing is just your imagination. No, it ain't. You know me for years. You know I'm a man without any imagination. <laughs> then you insist that the suit is really missing? For Pete's sake, Waldo, don't you start that. Come on into the house and you can look in the closet for yourself. Well, you don't have to drag me, Mr. Riley. I believe No, you. no, no. I want you to see with your own eyes that the suit is gone. Oh. After all, I'd be crazy to say the suit is missing if it wasn't. Yeah. Here, here's the closet. There, look. Now, what do you see? Your blue suit. You see, didn't I tell you... <laughs> it's back again. It's either back again or still here. If that suit is here, then where am I? Waldo, it's happened. What happened? It's finally happened. After six years of riveting, it's finally got me. <laughs> I'm going for jerk. Riley is beginning to fear that something is wrong with his mind because of a blue suit of his that keeps mysteriously disappearing and reappearing from the hall closet. Actually, of course, his children have been sneaking it down to the tailor in order to get Riley's measurements so they can surprise him on Father's Day with a new suit. Riley, are you looking in that closet again? That's six times since dinner. Yeah, well, I'm just checking up. I want to make sure my suit is still there. Of course it's there. And it's been there all day. But, Peg, I saw it when it wasn't there. I mean... Oh, I... see, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I... Now go on and relax, dear, while I get supper ready. Yeah, okay. All I know is I must I be seeing things. Oh, hello, kids. Uh, what are you two whispering about? Uh, whispering? Yeah. Uh, we weren't whispering, Pop. First I'm seeing things, now I'm hearing things. Uh, what, Daddy? Oh, nothing. I think I'll lie down here on the couch and relapse. Oh, uh, come on out on the porch, Junior. Let Daddy rest. Hey, Babs, now what about the measurements? Well, we could take the suit to the tailor tomorrow when Daddy's at work. Yeah, but he might find out. Gosh, I wish it... Shh! Who's that coming up the walk? Oh, it's Mr. Odell, the undertaker. Greetings, children. Uh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Odell. What are you two youngsters up to? Well, uh, it's a secret. You won't tell Pop, will you? Of course not. As we say in my profession, mummy's the word. <laughs> well, we want to surprise Daddy with a new suit for Father's Day. Oh, how sweet. Down at Danoff's haberdashery, they have a lovely sports suit. Midnight black with ebony black stripes. <laughs> Noisy but natty. Yeah, well, well, we got one all picked out, but we got to get Pop's measurements on the QT. You need his measurements? You've come to the right man. <laughs> oh, gee, could you get him? But don't let him catch on. Have no fear. I'll be subtle. Who's there? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Ah, uh, come in, Digger. Hiya, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. <laughs> oh, don't bother getting up. Just lie there. Uh, you don't mind, Digger? Not at all. It makes me feel at home. Oh, well, okay, then I'll lie here, but uh, 
I'm going to keep on talking. <laughs> Tell me, what's new, Riley? Oh, nothing much, except that I ain't feeling so good, Digger. I'm in pretty bad shape. Nonsense, Riley. You're good for a long while yet. But tell me, how tall are you? Oh, five foot eleven. Let's say an even six feet. Just to be comfy. (laughs) Now tell me... Hey, wait a minute. I'm getting up. Please, lie there, Riley. As a favor to me. Now the width. I'd say about 22 inches across the shoulders. Digger, cut it out. <laughs> Stop measuring me with your eyes. Well, if you insist, then I'll use my tape measure. <laughs> now, if you'll please, fold your hands. Fold my... No, 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 I won't. I, I'm getting up. Let me up, I tell you, you... Oh, very well. I've never run into this kind of resistance before. <laughs> What's distressing you? Oh, Digger, I'm afraid I'm becoming a nervous wretch. Ah, yes. Some years ago, my nerves affected me, too. I became terribly absent-minded. Oh, was it bad? Ah, yes. The doctor advised that I bury myself in my work. (laughs) And one day, by accident, I did. (laughs) Oh, I was mortified. (laughs) Yeah, but what should I do, Digger? Well, first, go to a doctor. The doctor? Yeah, yeah, that's just what I'll do. And if your doctor can't help you, I'll straighten you out. (laughs) Well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. So I'm taking Digger's advice, Waldo. Yeah. Right after breakfast, I'm going to see the doctor. Mr. Riley, you don't actually think there's something wrong in your head. No, I'm pretty sure there's nothing there. Oh. But I want the doctor to check me anyway. I I got a test all figured out. You see this box? Yes. Why is it all sealed up with adhesive tape? Oh, well, that's part of the test, so that I'd know if anybody opened it. Last night, I put my blue suit in this box with my own hands, and then I sealed it. What are you driving at, Mr. Riley? I take this box to the doctor and tell him to open it. Yeah? If the suit's still in there, the doctor will say, Riley, you're nuts. There's nothing wrong with you. But if the suit ain't there, he'll just say, Riley, you're nuts. (laughs) Junior, I just looked in the closet. Daddy's suit isn't there. I know. See this box here with the adhesive tape? Yeah. I saw him put the suit in there last night. Oh, I guess he's afraid of moths. Has he left for work yet? No, he's eating breakfast. Well, then come on. Let's sneak the suit over to the table. Pop's liable to see it's gone and get wise. I got a better idea. What? There's a box just like this one in Mom's closet. What's in it? Oh, a lot of old stuff of mine that Mom's been saving from when I was a baby. You know, rompers and rubber pants. <laughs> now, suppose we stick some adhesive tape on it, just like this one, yeah. then switch boxes. Pop will never know the difference. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Quick, let's do it now. Good morning, Doctor. Hello there, Riley. How are you feeling? I don't know. You tell me. Well, what's wrong? Look, Doc, when a guy sees things that ain't there and doesn't see things when they are there, does that mean he's crazy? Well, psychiatrists don't like to use the word crazy. 
It might mean that the individual is a victim of hallucinatory experiences, probably indicative of and in fact activated by an incipient psychoneurosis. I'd rather be crazy. But just what is the trouble, Riley? Well, y- you see this box, Doc? Mm-hmm. Last night, I took off what I was wearing, and I put it in this box and sealed it up. Well, what about it? Well, I, I want you to open the box and see if it's still there. I don't see the point, Riley. Please, Doc, it's important. You... Well, all right, if you insist. Now, you take a seat over there. Oh, all right. I'll open the box. Now, let's see what we have. Great, Scott. Rubber panties. What's the matter, Doc? Ain't it there? Um, Riley, uh, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Uh, tell me, are you sure you wore these last night? Yeah, positive, Doc. You, you see, this place where I went, there was ladies present. Uh, and I wanted to go formal. Uh, Riley, do you often have a desire to dress up like that? No, 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 not too often, not around the house, only when I, only when I go out among people, and I want to make, I want to make an impression. Yes, I see, desire to make an impression, huh? Yeah, sure, Uh, of course it's not a perfect fit. You see, since I first got it, I put on a little weight. Uh, Riley, what is your wife's reaction when you wear this garment? Oh, well, she thinks it's time I had a new one. Uh, On account of the seat is shiny. Riley, you're not a well man. I'm afraid you're suffering from what is known as infantile reversion. But, Doc, Doc, I don't understand. I'm I'm okay now as long as my blue suit's in the box. There's no suit in this box. Look. Holy smoke. Rubber panties. What a revolting development this is. Mr. Riley, I'm afraid I'm going no. to have to send... No, no, Doc. It's a big mistake. My mind's okay. I, I'm normal. I, I can explain. You, you see, I put the blue suit in the box with my own hands, and I sealed it up, and nobody touched it, but somehow the blue suit got out of the box, and the rubber panties... The rubber... Okay, lock me up. And then, Peg, the doctor gave me this here medicine and said that all I need is rest. But I'm going to go to another doctor who specializes in brains. I'm positive I need one. Oh, now, look here. There's nothing wrong with you. But, Peg, I was so sure that I put my suit in the box. How did it get out? You can't answer that. Yes, I can. There was a box in my closet just like yours, full of Junior's old baby clothes. And somehow the boxes must have gotten mixed up. No, no, it's my mind. I know it must be because I put the adhesive tape on the box with my own... I got the new suit. Oh, boy, all finished. Yes, and it's a beauty. Oh, where's Daddy? He's in the kitchen with Mom. Sounds like she's giving him a lecture about something. Well, do you think Daddy suspects anything? No, nah, he never even missed his old suit. Oh, now let's hang it up here in the closet. That's a good idea. Hang the new suit right next to the old one. When he goes to get his pajamas in a little while, he'll get the surprise of his life. That's all there is to it, dear. Now take my word for it. You're perfectly normal. I am? Uh, gee, that's awful sweet of you. But, Dumplin', how, how 
odd that I get mixed up like that. Oh, you probably went to the wrong closet and got the boxes mixed up. Yes, yeah, sure, that's it. Can you beat that? Why, the whole thing is as plain as my face. I, I bet right now... I bet the suit is in the closet right now. C- come on, let's go see, just for the fun of it. Huh? Of course it's in the closet. Absolutely. If a thing is there, you see it. <laughs> and if it ain't there, you don't see it. Now, you see... Now I see two blue suits there. Two suits. They're multiplying like rabbits. Two suits? But, Riley... You see it too, Peg. You see, we're both crazy. Right. Huh? Pop, it's your new suit. We bought it for Father's Day. Oh, that's huh? right, Riley. It is Father's Day tomorrow. Uh, no, no suit. Uh, but the old suit is in, in the box with the baby clothes. A new suit? Old suit? Two suits? <laughs> Gee, Daddy, aren't you happy about your new suit? Oh, sure. Sure, kids. Sure. I, I'm happy. I'm as happy as if I was in my right mind. <laughs> We'll be back in half a minute. Safe liquid teal cleans teeth without abrasives, protects teeth from gum-lined cavities, cavities ground in by daily use of toothpastes and powders containing harsh abrasives. Ask for T-E-E-L, teal, the refreshing liquid dentifrice. Well, Dumplin', here I am. How do I look in my new suit? My, you look lovely, dear. It's the nicest one you've ever had. Oh, yeah, it's nifty. Oh, gee, what wonderful kids we got. Uh, but the next time they want my measurements, I, I wish they'd ask me for them. <laughs> well, the whole mystery's been cleared up, so forget it. Oh, I already forgot about it. Oh, by the way, where's your old suit? I'm wearing it under this new one. <laughs> I ain't taking no more chances. Welcome back to Yesterday Today, our, our Father's Day special, as it were. Um, you've actually caught us in the middle at the moment of Sydney's intervention. I think that's a good word for it. Sydney, the raccoon is not your child. It's a raccoon, actually. How dare you say such a thing? The paternal bond between father and son, you, you, you dare just sever that with such cruel words. Sydney, I hate to say this, but the raccoon is actually a... It's a raccoon. Uh, yeah, and? It's not a human child, much less your child. It's awful small-minded of you to assume that something has to be a human in order to be my child. I'll have you know, buddy, he is my fur baby, and I will accept none of this nonsense. Sydney, you ever talk to girls? Fur baby, Sydney, fur baby, you've gone full-on, like, internet dog mom. What, what are you doing? Yeah, speaking of the internet, I actually did set up a page for Reggie Online. You can follow all of his cute little antics now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually gone viral over the last couple days. You know, don't mean to brag, but kind of a kind of a proud dad moment over here. That's not the only thing that's going to go viral if you don't get that diseased raccoon out of here. Again with the anti-raccoon bigotry. Shame on you. Absolute shame on you. Sydney, you found him digging through the trash. Who among us hasn't fallen on hard times? If, if your son was digging through that garbage to get by, would you just leave him out there to suffer? Maybe like video games. You ever play any of those? Like just a hobby might be good for you, Sydney. Sydney, I think you should be spending your time with more trivial and meaningless pursuits. I think that might actually be the solution for you specifically. 
What about the cheese making, Sydney? Whatever happened to your cheese making hobby? I think I've heard just about all that I can stand. Don't you two ever talk to me or my son ever again. Well, there goes one upset father. While we try to repair our relationships, as it may be, up next we have an episode of the Jack Benny program. It takes place over Father's Day weekend, and it is the last show of that particular season. I believe it's uh, 1940. And Ezra Stone, who's more well-known as Henry Aldrich, uh, makes a cameo appearance in this episode to promote the, the summer replacement for the Jack Benny program, The Aldrich Family. So, here is that episode, and uh, that... That raccoon's leaving behind quite the odor. I, oof, wow. I just wish Sydney didn't carry him around in that child harness on his stomach. One cherry phosphate. One cherry phosphate. Hey, buddy, I've got a broadcast to do in a few minutes. Will you please hurry with my sandwich? Why don't you eat after the broadcast? Because I'm hungry now. Get the sandwich. Okay, Mr. Benny. What kind was that again? A tuna fish and peanut butter on rye bread. <laughs> oh, yes, with an egg in it. The egg goes in my malted milk. Now hurry, please. Oh, hello, Don. Oh, hello, Jack. Think I'll have time for a bite to eat before our broadcast? Yes, if we can get a little service here. Sit down. Okay. <laughs> well, there goes my new straw hat. <laughs> That did it. Oh, that's too bad, Jack. I didn't see it. Is it crushed? Like a pansy in a dictionary. <laughs> Is I had crushed. Well, I'm so sorry, Jack. I, I think I ought to pay for it. How much did it cost? No, no. Forget about it, Don. Okay. Gee, Chris. <laughs> just think. A few more minutes and we'll be during our last... Just, just mail me a check. Hiya, Mr. Wilson. What'll it be? I'll have a club sandwich, please. Okay. One clubby for Tubby. Cover up. <laughs> and hurry mine while you're at it. Hi, Jack. Hello, Don. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello. What are you eating, Jack? Oh, my regular tuna fish and peanut butter. What a man. Just because they name a sandwich after you, you eat it every time you come in here. Well, why shouldn't I? The Jack Benny three-decker delight is very helpful. I always eat things that are full of vitamins. Then why don't they show? Oh, quiet. <laughs> Here's your club sandwich, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. What's yours, Miss Livingston? I'll have a pineapple nut sundae with cherries and lots of whipped cream. My goodness, Mary, why don't you eat something with vitamins? Okay, put some tuna fish on it. <laughs> Mary, you better save all those cute remarks for the program. And incidentally, young lady, as long as this is our farewell appearance, I wish you'd be a little more careful what you say. You mean I shouldn't tell him what happened at Paramount yesterday? <laughs> Don't you dare. What happened, Mary? Never mind. See? You're starting already. Go on, Mary. What was it? Yeah, what happened? You stay out of this. <laughs> and get my sandwich. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, it seems that Paramount gave Fred Allen Dorothy L'Amour's old dressing room, which is right next to Jack's. Only Jack didn't know that Fred was in there. Only Jack didn't know. Only Jack didn't know. <laughs> anyway, Jack knocked on the door and yelled, Hello, Dorothy. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> it's very amusing. <laughs> and what happened, Mary? Fred yelled back, Don't come in. I haven't got my sarong on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he didn't fool me for a minute. But, Jack, I thought you told Mark Sandridge, the director, that you wouldn't make a picture with Alan. Well, we compromised, Don. Alan can be in the picture, but he has to be the straight man. 
He gives me all the leads, and I give all the answers. Well, that'll be a novelty. The question's getting the laughs. <laughs> I'll get the laughs. Don't worry. Here's your pineapple sundae, Miss Livingston. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute. She just got here. Where's my three-decker? Bill's putting a poop deck on it. <laughs> Don't get fancy. Just bring it in. Hiya, kids. You better step on it. We'll be on the air in a few minutes. Oh, hello, hello Phil. Phil. Hello, Don. Well, look who's on time tonight. What's the matter, Phil? Does your conscience bother you because this is our farewell program? Holy smoke, is this our last broadcast? I better start saving my dough. <laughs> yes, maestro, you have about 30 minutes left to get an annuity. <laughs> so make it snappy. What'll it be, Twitch? Hiya, bub. Just give me a glass of water. Glass of water? Okay. Put some bromo in it. I thought so. <laughs> a bromo seltzer, eh? One Phil Harris special. Coming up. <laughs> They know you like a book, eh, Phil? Hey, fella, hey, are you Jack Benny from the radio? That's me. My program goes on just a few minutes. Yeah, I heard it last week. Oh, you did? But I didn't like it! <laughs> That's too bad. You know, I can't please everybody. Yeah, especially me. Well, so long. I'll be listening. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to worry whether, whether he likes me or not. Here's your sandwich, Mr. Benny. Well, it's about time. Give me that malted milk, too. Okay. Boy, am I hungry. Say, uh, Jack, I better run along upstairs. I'll see you in the studio. All right, Don. Well, I'll be darned. Hey, buddy, I ordered a tuna fish and peanut butter. Well, what's the matter? This is tuna fish and peanut brittle. <laughs> a fine combination. Well, we're all out of peanut butter. It's a nice time to tell me. Bring me something else, then. Bring me a turkey sandwich. Okay. One turkey for jerky. Coming up! <laughs> now, see here, young man, I'm a very good customer, and if you think that Pardon I'm... Pardon me, mister. Is this seat taken? No, sit right down. Hey, Jack, it's getting late. We better get out of here. Yeah, come on, Jackson. We'll be late for the broadcast. Oh, I think I got time to eat a sandwich. Pardon me, mister. What time is it? The time? Yes. I don't know. Hey, Eddie, what time is it? I don't know. Hey, Bill, what time is it? I don't know. Hey, Sam! Never mind. I'll eat after the program. <laughs> come on, Mary. Hurry up, Phil. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Down by the Ohio. played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is only fitting that on this, our last program of the season, I should pay tribute to the man who has guided us through the past 36 weeks. Oh, don't bother, Don. <laughs> A man whose spirit and leadership has made this program what it is today. Oh, anybody could have done it. 
Maybe. <laughs> Continue, Don. A man whose buoyant and sparkling personality has been reflected into each and every one of us. I have so much of it. Go ahead. A man whose age and experience has proven invaluable to us younger members of the cast. That one he could have left out. <laughs> oh, well. So here he is, folks, the old Mother Hubbard of the Jell-O program, Jack Benny. Uh, Jello again, this is Jack Benny talking hmm, Old Mother Hubbard, that's a fine introduction on Father's Day <laughs> Don, as long as you started out so beautifully Why didn't you finish with something sentimental like uh, Here he is, folks, the genial skipper of the good ship Jello, Jack Benny Now that would have been swell Well, to tell you the truth, Jack, that sounds a bit too corny Oh, well, now that you mention it It does sound a little like one of Phil Harris's mental nuggets <laughs> There you go again. Oh, boy, am I glad this is the last broadcast. You are? Yeah. Next week, I'll be out on the road playing those one-night stands where people appreciate me. Bill, you stay in a town longer than one night and see what happens. <laughs> so you start on the road next week, eh? What's your itinerary? Plain suits for the boys and a sport outfit for me. <laughs> Well, that was my fault <laughs> Phil, an itinerary means your route uh, What towns you gonna play? Oh, well, why don't you come right out and ask me Instead of ringing in them new words <laughs> New words? Phil, the word itinerary is very common I learned what it meant when I was in the third grade You learned to shave there, too, didn't you? <laughs> Mary, I wasn't in third grade that long Go on, they had to give you election day off So you could vote <laughs> All right, go ahead, keep it up I suppose I had rheumatism when I was in the third grade. You spent your lunch money on liniment, if that's what you mean. Now, cut that out! <laughs> you never stop, do you? <laughs> Mary, if I'm a big dodo like you try to make me out, how come I'm the star of this program? Because you're a great comedian. You have a marvelous personality, and you know show business from A to Z. Well, thanks. It's more like it. Say, Phil. Oh, brother. <laughs> now, don't spoil it. Say, Phil, as I started to ask you before I was sent back to third grade, uh, what's your route? What, what towns are you going to play? Well, tomorrow night we open in San Bernardino, then yeah. we go to Santa Barbara, uh -huh. then Long Beach, then San Diego. I see. Then the following night we go to Fall River, Massachusetts. <laughs> Fall River, Massachusetts? How are you going to get there in one night from San Diego? I don't know. Is it much of a drive? <laughs> you hear that, fellas? What a schedule. That'll be a fine vacation touring the country with those 18 downbeat derelicts. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Don, uh, what are you uh, planning to do on your vacation? Take a trip somewhere? Well, Jack, this may come as a sort of a surprise to you, but... Uh... I'm going to make a picture for Harry Sherman at Paramount. It's a Western. Oh, well, I'll be darned. So you're going to make a Western, eh? Are you going to ride a horse, Don? Yes, sir, and you ought to see that animal. It's a beauty. So was Jack Straw Hackle. You sat on it. <laughs> yeah, 450. Well, tell me about your picture, Don. Uh, is it an interesting story? Oh, very. 
You see, I am Sheriff Slim of Rattlesnake Gulch, and there's a mob of outlaws that come in town one night to rob the bank. Rob the bank, eh? Yeah, but I'm having the story changed uh, so that now they break into a grocery store and steal some jello. Oh, oh. That makes me fighting mad. <laughs> well, I should imagine it would. What's a bank, huh? So what, um... Uh... <laughs> So what, uh, what happens, Don? Well, I jump on my horse and follow the outlaws to their hideout. I see. And I'm almost within sight of them when suddenly my horse goes lame. Oh, that's too bad. So I continue by foot. Don, you forgot to get off. And what happens next? Well, to make a long story short, I capture the bandits, bring back the jello, marry the grocer's daughter, and we have six delicious children Don't named... tell me, don't tell me, I can guess. Imagine a kid named Lemon Wilson. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fascinating story, and I wish you luck, Don. And now, ladies and gentlemen, going from Buck Wilson rides again to our vocal interlude, uh, Dennis Day, our young tenor, will offer... Uh, Dennis isn't here yet. He isn't? I think he'd be on time for our last program. Look, Jack, there he is, sitting out in the audience with his mother. Where? See that lady with the little boy on her lap? <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Hey, Dennis, what are you doing out there? I'm watching the program. Well, get up here. You're on it. Okay. Come on, Ma. Hmm. Would have to bring his mother with him. Oh, Jack, it's our last show. What do you care? She's always got a chip on her shoulder. The old... Oh, good evening. Good evening, Mrs. Day. Good evening, Mr. Benny. I'm so happy to see you. Well, you certainly don't look it. You see? You see what I mean? You see? There. Oh. You know, Mrs. Day, I don't like to say this, but since you've stayed away from the program, Dennis and I have been getting along fine, and he's improved tremendously. He's got more volume to his voice, more assurance, and more poise. Then why don't you give him more money? Because he's young yet. That's why. Shirley Temple made a million dollars before she was ten years old. Shirley Temple? Yes. Well, hang some curls on your brat and we'll dick her. <laughs> now, look, Mrs. Day, give me a little credit. I've developed your son into being a first-class comedian. Then he ought to have more jokes to tell. Oh, now you want jokes for him. Well, for your information, Mrs. Day, there are just so many jokes in our script. And when this pack of wolves come in here Sunday night, your lamb is lucky if he gets to sing. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, before we conclude this final broadcast, I would like to announce that on Sunday, October the 6th, Mary, go away. We will return to the air for the same sponsor at the same time and with the same cast. Mary, Phil, Don, Dennis, Andy, and Rochester, who is now touring in vaudeville. Incidentally, Jack, who's taking over our summer show? Has it been settled yet? Uh, yes, Don, the Aldrich family is going to move in for three months. As a matter of fact, young Henry Aldrich is dropping in here in just a little while. I want you all to be very nice to him. He'll probably be scared stiff in front of a microphone. Huh? Scared in front of a microphone? Why, Henry Aldrich is a veteran in radio. Why, he can't be. He's just a kid. Sure, but he's had his own program for the past two years. <laughs> Gee, he's funny. Funny? Does he, uh... Does he do comedy? Haven't you heard about him, Jackson? 
Why, that kid's a riot. He's terrific. He is? And he's young, eh? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and you want to watch out for that boy. Remember the old saying, make way for tomorrow. Well, if he thinks he's coming out here to steal my... Oh, I'm not worried. But then, what's my sponsor thinking of putting another comedian in my place? Now, take it easy, Jack. The boy won't hurt you. He's only taking your place for three months. Oh, that's right. A lot can happen in three months. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, suppose at the end of the summer, Henry Aldridge goes to our sponsor and says, Look, I did all right on the summer show. Why make a change? What? Why not keep the Aldridge family? But... Why let go of a good thing? Yeah, what do you need with Benny? Why the little double-crosser? <laughs> I'll punch that Aldrich kid right in the nose. Now, Jack, don't get excited. The kid doesn't mean any harm. Then why is he trying to put me out of work? Especially at my age. <laughs> Ooh, my back. All of a sudden, you're old and feeble. Oh, no, I'm not. Well, fellas... That's the way they want it, all right. Heaven knows I try to entertain the American public. But that's life, I guess. It's life. Jack, what are you talking about? You'll be back on this program next October. Don't try to soften the blow, Don. I can see the handwriting on the wall. Thank heaven I've saved a few pennies. Ye gods, have you got that fortune in pennies? <laughs> No time for jokes, Mary. And I think that a little squirt like that Aldrich kid can come along and come in and take away all that I've built up through years of constant... Come in, come in. Well? Hello, Mr. Benny. I'm Henry Aldridge. Yeah. Oh, you are, eh? <laughs> hmm. He got a nice hand there, didn't he? Yeah, that's the public for you. Fickle. A little while ago, they were doing that for me Well, young man, you can very nicely get right out of this studio Get out of this studio? Why, our sponsor sent me I don't care what our sponsor did You don't start working on this program until next week, so scram yeah, But I flew all the way here from New York just to be on your show tonight I don't care if you did, get out But Mr. Buddy Not nothing Get out before I throw you out What's going on here? <laughs> You know what's going on. Teach you to take my job away. Look at him standing there. He's so darn funny, Aldrich. Why don't you go ahead and tell a joke? Go ahead. Make me laugh. Well, gee whiz, Mr. Benny. I can't understand all this. I came all the way to, from New York to be with you tonight. Who cares? I'm bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody told me you were such a nice fellow. I heard a little bit about you too, buddy. Now, please get out of here. Oh, Jack, do you have to fall for everything? We were only kidding you. Why, of course, you don't have to worry, Jack. It's just a rib. Rib nothing. I can look right at that boy and see he's got talent. <laughs> Can't pull the wool over my eyes. Hair either. Quiet. <laughs> I'm worried enough. Oh, wake up, Jackson. This kid isn't trying to take your job. But my goodness, Mr. Benny, I, I, I think you're the greatest comedian in the world. You're my ideal. I am, eh? Honest. Why, well, I'd rather go without supper than miss you on Sunday night. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, 
Oh, I always listen. Why, I know all of your stuff by heart. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Put up your dukes! Come on, Ken! Grab him, grab him! Jack, what's the matter with you? Calm down! Calm down? You just heard him admit he was stealing my stuff. Oh, no. You misunderstand me, Mr. Benny. All I meant was that you're so funny that I can't help but remember everything you do. Oh. Oh, I see. Well, and I'm sorry I made that pass at you. <laughs> so you uh, think I'm... Pretty funny, eh, kid? Yes, sir. I think Phil Harris is very amusing, too. Oh, you do, eh? But when it comes to class, you got him beat a mile. Well, Henry, I'll have to admit that Phil is a little corny. Oh, you're both corny, but you have more finesse. (laughs) Now, look, Henry. See what I told you? The kid's a panic. (laughs) Yeah. Now, look, Henry, there are a couple of rather personal things I want to talk to you about. I'll tell you what, let you and I run down to the drugstore. I want a sandwich anyway. I'll talk to you there. Okay, well, so long, everybody. So long, long, Henry, so long. Good luck on your summer show. Gee, thanks. Goodbye, Mary. Give me a kiss. Kiss Henry. So long. (laughs) I'll see you later. Come along, Henry. Okay, Mr. Benny. Well, Henry, now, here's, here's what I want to talk to you about. You see, I do a comedy show nine months out of the year. Now, you're coming on for the summer, and I think our audience would like a contrast. What do you mean, Mr. Benny? Well, why don't you do a dramatic show or read poetry or something? Well, you see, the Aldridge family has been very successful on the air. We want to continue with it. Oh. But, Henry, people get tired of laughing all the time. Why don't you introduce a serious note? You know, make people cry. Cry, Mr. Benny? Sure, that sob stuff goes over big. I smell a rat. <laughs> oh. Well, look, Henry, here's another idea. Have you ever considered doing a sort of an adventure serial? Something with suspense and action. For instance, look, you can be lost in the jungle. Savages and wild animals will be after You know, make a real thriller out of it. No comedy, eh? No, not in the jungle, Henry. Well, I don't think our sponsor would like that. Oh. Well, here's the drugstore. Let's go in and have something. Look, Henry, don't you want to show the sponsor how versatile you are? I want to get laughs, Mr. Benny, just like you do. Oh. Hey, buddy, give me a tuna fish and peanut butter sandwich. Okay. Let's try it again. Now, look, look, Henry, Henry, let me paint a picture for you. Say, for instance, you're lost in the jungle, and week after week, people will be tuning in to find out what's happening to you. They're worried about you. They'll be on edge. Did the golden dragon get Henry, they'll say. Or have the cannibals got him? Think of that. I'll have a chocolate soda. (laughs) But Henry... Uh, Vanilla ice cream. Now, look, Henry, forget about the jungle. Here's another idea for you. You're an office boy on a big new city newspaper, and you're just dying for a break. You want to be a reporter, see? Uh Uh-huh. Well, one day there's a big fire in the building next door, and Millicent Mandalay, the girl you're going to marry when you're 21, is trapped in this burning building. You hear her screaming, Henry! Henry, help me! Help! No soap. Listen. So hearing her cries, you dash right into the blazing inferno. Think of it, Henry. Flames to the right of you. Flames to the left of you. I tell you, Henry, this is the time...
the last number of the last program in the current Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next October 6th at the same time. Meanwhile, I hope you will all enjoy The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone, beginning next week. Before signing off, I'd like to thank our listeners everywhere and the members of my cast for their splendid cooperation. I would also like to thank my authors, Bill Morrow and Ed Boulogne, who worked with me in the preparation of my material. And oh, yes, I uh, think I uh, better thank Ezra Stone, too. You're welcome, Buck. <laughs> well, good night, folks. See you next fall. Well, fellas, I have some heartbreaking news for you all. Sydney, you, you, you're crying. What, what happened? <laughs> well, the garbage man came by to pick up the refuse, and Rosie decided. Reggie decided to go in the truck and run away from home. <laughs> oh, oh, Sydney, I'm, I'm sorry, Sydney, but you know that's just kind of the way of the world. You know, your your kids grow up and they. You know, they'll move out, go to college, hop a dump truck. You know, it's just how it works. It's a natural part of life. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. All right, I guess you can cry on my shoulder. <laughs> okay, I think I'm over it now. Oh, the grief is gone, fellas. <laughs> I'm now a man with nothing to tie me down. It's like child-free life from now on, baby. Ah, oh, man, no more staying up late nights wondering if we'll get home on time. No more packing his lunches every morning. No more having to walk into the bus stop. No more ramping grocery barrels having to buy diapers. Man, those freeloaders, you, you're stuck with them for 18 years, and what will they get back to you? Nothing. You're lucky if you get a $2 card from the drugstore on Father's Day. Jeez Louise. Well, I'm glad that parental crisis resolved itself. Thanks for listening to Yesterday Today, folks. If you want to hear more of the show, you can go to KISU.org or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Every time we do this show, I end up with a massive migraine afterwards. I don't know. Maybe it's the fluorescent lighting. Have you thought of that? Yes, I'll go back home this summer. Should have gone there long ago. I wonder who I'll meet when I walk up Main Street. Who'll yell the first hello? Guess I'll go back home this summer.